you want a satisfying career and a fulfilling family life, this is the podcast for you. Join me, Joel Lulovich, and me, Lucy Dickens, as we share strategies and advice to help you keep your balls in the air. Welcome to the Juggle Podcast. Hi everyone, it's Joel Lulovich and Lucy Dickens. Welcome back to the Juggle Podcast. Today we are talking about the things that we're not supposed to talk about. <laughs> we're going to try to talk about them because they are the things that people don't talk about for a reason, really. So even for us, it's kind of hard to do that on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so this topic came up for me because my sister is pregnant at the moment, always pregnant at the same time as me. And every now and then, more often than I would have expected, we were saying to each other, why doesn't anyone tell you about this? Or why is this something that people don't talk about? And I noticed a common theme and that conversation was just recurring. And then I started to see it everywhere where I would experience something and I would think, hang on, people don't talk about this. Or why doesn't anyone tell you that this happens? And so was talking to Joe and we decided we were going to have conversations about the things that people don't have conversations about. So we asked in our Facebook group, you know, what are some of the things that don't get talked about because I don't know it's difficult sometimes the things don't get talked about at all sometimes they do but only amongst your closest friends or family and unless that person has been through that experience well you're not going to talk to them about it because they don't actually have anything to talk about but it's also sometimes these things are talked about but you don't go really as deep as you could and sometimes I think these things are personal and you'll know what things we're talking about in a minute because we'll start telling you but often they're personal and so that's why we don't talk about them because they're personal Mm -hmm. to us but actually as well as being personal to us they're also quite common and so maybe that's not the reason we don't talk about things when I was thinking about this I watched Brene Brown's Netflix special The Call to Courage and some of that presentation that she gives is on this topic. And she says that we don't talk about things because we don't want people to judge us or think less of us or see us as different and we want to fit in. But what she says is that fitting in is not the same thing as belonging. And this is her quote. She says, true belonging doesn't require you to change who you are. It requires you to be who you are. Such a lovely quote when you really think about the meaning behind it, that idea that you are who you are and that's okay. You know, so much of our time is spent trying to be something else, trying to live up to other people's expectations or to, you know, to be the mum that we're supposed to be or the worker that we're supposed to be or whatever it might be. So anyway, as we said, we asked in our Facebook group, the Juggle community, for people to kind of let us know what things they wish were talked about or things that they found weren't talked about. And we got a few emails from people sharing their their personal stories, which was lovely and so nice to hear. And there's a variety of different things and it all starts in pregnancy. (laughs) Where else to start? The first thing that comes up for me in pregnancy is that people don't talk about pregnancies being unplanned. And I can relate to this because our first pregnancy with Lily was not a planned pregnancy and it took me until, I don't know, a very, very long time to feel like it was okay for me to say that out loud. I don't know. I don't know if I may have spoken about it on the podcast before. I'm not sure. But that's a thing that you're not supposed to admit if your pregnancy wasn't planned because apparently the thought that comes with that is that if you didn't plan the pregnancy, you don't love the child, which is absolutely ridiculous. But that's why we're not supposed to talk about it. That's so interesting that you said that. I've never thought that. Really? 
Yeah. I also think it would be different in your instance where you were married and in a happy relationship yeah. compared to someone who is having an unplanned pregnancy who's, you know, perhaps not married and had intended to be or perhaps isn't in a relationship. Yeah. And the flip side is your unplanned pregnancy is not something that you would expect of yourself because you're supposed to be sensible yes. and you know, all the things that you're supposed to do. But that's something that we're not supposed to talk about. But I think when we do, we realize that it's just a part of life and it's not whatever. Yeah. You just deal with it, don't you? You just get on yeah. with it. Absolutely. And then there's also trying to conceive, like a lot of women are being a lot more open these days about Mm. having difficulty conceiving, but you still don't really hear men talking about it. No, you don't really, do you? Mm -mm. No. And that's kind of the flip side of the unplanned pregnancy is the difficulty to conceive. That's right. And then if you are lucky enough to be pregnant, there's also when do you tell people, you know, and one of the things we don't talk about is when we're pregnant in those early days because you're not supposed to tell people that you're pregnant in those early days because the number of miscarriages that occur and or um, other things that can go wrong. So you're not supposed to tell people and you're not supposed to tell people if you've been pregnant and you've lost the baby and all of those kinds of things. Which is really sad, isn't it? It's so lonely. It is really sad. So lonely dealing with one of the most difficult things probably that you experience in your life and yet there's this stigma around talking about it. Yeah, I think so. One of the stories that we got from one of our listeners around birth was the fact that sometimes you have a new baby in your arms and you're not in love with them. Mm-hmm. And it was a beautiful email that was written to us from Melissa and it was so great that she could put that into words and express the fact that holding her baby in her arms, she you know just wasn't in love with that child. And I loved reading it because I had the same experience with one of my children it wasn't the first one and it was just that idea that it was like I do love you because you're my child but I didn't feel the same sense of passion and overwhelming unbelievable oh my god this is amazing feeling that I had with my first that I expected to have that's what you're supposed to do you carry this baby around for nine months and when they come out you're just supposed to be overwhelmed with the love and affection for them And it wasn't like that. And that's what Melissa says in her email. She says, I remember looking at my son in the early days thinking this could be anybody's baby. Mm. And like you say, it's we're not supposed to talk about that because we're supposed to be head over heels in love with this brand new child that we'd never actually met before. Yeah. And it's, again, for you to turn around and say, I don't love my baby, everyone else is going to look at you and go, oh, my God, what's wrong with you? Are you depressed? Do you have postnatal depression or are you just lacking in something because you don't feel this emotion for your child? Mm. And it's not any of those things. It's nope. just your reaction to a particular scenario and it's important. It's so important for everyone to know that you're going to have different reactions after birth. And there's no right or wrong. I remember I said to my sister, who will have her baby any day now, I said to her, Harry was about four weeks, and I said, I love him now. He feels like my son now. And that's, yeah. you know, nothing compared to what you and Melissa have gone through because you had different experiences to me. But for me, it was about four weeks, and it, the love has got deeper. And now I look at him yeah. and I kind of like, you know, I don't know how you describe this. How do you describe this movement <laughs> when you kind of – tense a little bit and you're just like I could just squeeze you because I love you so much but it's not always the case that you feel that way instantly yeah absolutely and I know that with that particular child of mine I mean with all of them I have intense love for them and it feels quite weird now to think back to how I felt 
when they were born. It's interesting. And then you're a mum and then there's a whole bunch of things that happen to you. We all know about the physical side of things, but the emotional side of things, there's so much that doesn't get talked about. And I think that makes it really, really unexpected. I was prepared for the looking after the baby part of having a baby. Well, eventually I was, but I wasn't prepared for the existential crisis part of having a baby. (laughs) And I especially wasn't prepared for it the second time because I thought I'd done it and it was done now, but it, it wasn't. It happened again. It's still happening actually. But people don't talk about that part. They say having a baby changes you, but Mm. not the question everything you ever thought you knew change. Mm. And we talk about this a little bit in that episode that we did with Katrina when two becomes three, Mm -hmm. because that's exactly right. It's, It's not just the impact of a baby on your relationship, but it's an impact on you as who you are, because you're not just you anymore. You're now you and a mum and you've got a whole nother role going on. And that's such a huge thing. It's such a huge change. And why would we want to do that on our own? Why would we want to feel like we couldn't talk to people about that? Exactly. Yeah. So don't talk about it. Talk about it so everybody else knows it happens too. (laughs) Yeah. How you're feeling, the transformation that you feel that your body and yourself is going through, the things that were important to you that aren't now important to you, the Mm. things that have all of a sudden taken on a whole new meaning. Like Mm. there's a lot in it. And then, of course, there's just the boringness of it all. Yes, I, we saved a quote from our conversation about this on Facebook, didn't we? And it we did. I've got it here, I'm going to read it. So the boring part, I feel like you read my mind. The monotony of feed, shit, sleep, repeat for the first three months was excruciating at times. Thank goodness they're cute. Yeah, that was such a good quote from that juggle member. Like I just love that the rawness and honesty of the mm-hmm. fact that it is boring. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not stimulating. I remember feeling like I was just not having any interesting conversations. And, you know, my husband would come back from work and I'd be like, yeah, we stayed home today and I cleaned this thing or I looked after the baby and they wouldn't go to sleep and there's no interesting stuff to tell. Yeah. And also the I'm supposed to want to spend every second with my new baby. Yeah. And I don't want to spend every second with my new baby. Someone said to me in a very nice way, this wasn't meant to be nasty, you know, don't don't be doing too much. You've got this new baby. Spend some time with them, <laughs> looking at them. And I thought, okay, I mean, I'm with them 24-7 for one, so let's yes. just get that straight. I'm never not with him it's right on my arms right now, actually, as we speak. But I can't sit there for hours and stare at a baby. It's just not who I am. I can play with him for a bit and we can, you know, he's attached to me permanently, but I can't just sit there and look at you all day. That's boring to me. Yeah. And I think for anyone, and you've got things that need to be done. And the thing is that that boringness lasts as they grow older. I remember saying when my babies were little and kids were little, I I don't know what to play with them and how long can I actually be engaged with them playing with them? And I know you've got similar problems with like make-believe stuff. And then I'm like, oh, as soon as they get older and we can do games together, like board games and stuff, it'll be better then. And then that happened and I was like, yeah, no, I can still manage like (laughs) 15 minutes. On the weekend, it was a rainy old weekend and we stayed inside and I was actually like, right, let's do games. So we did jigsaw after jigsaw and we did some board games and it was fun and I probably managed a couple of hours. And then after that, I think they'd had enough and so Mm. had I. Like they Mm. were ready to just go and do their own thing Mm. and so was I. (laughs) But we're not supposed to, right? We're supposed to have 
all the time in the world to sit and play pretend animal farm games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just one that comes to mind with so much passion and enthusiasm. <laughs> you might have a farmer in your future. So the point is it's okay not to like doing those things. You're allowed to not love every second. Yeah, and share it with someone. Other mums do feel the same way. It's just something that we don't talk about very often. Mm. And it doesn't mean you don't love your children any less or that you don't like playing with them ever. It means that there are some things that they like to do that you don't like to do. Big deal. Yeah, that's it. The other thing is being lonely. Yeah. Like we said, you're bored being at home with your kid and often you don't just feel bored, you feel lonely and you are at home as an adult on your own, perhaps when you're used to going to a workplace and, you know, having a, a team around you and different things like that. And I think it can also feel lonely in your marriage or your partnership or whatever it is that you've got going on. And I think that that is something that doesn't get talked about enough. Mm. It's a massive thing when you introduce a baby into your relationship. And I know that I've definitely gone through times in my marriage where I've felt like my husband's more of a roommate mm-hmm. than a husband mm-hmm. because you're just both going through and doing the things that need to be done and you're not necessarily connected. I don't know if that's the right word, but. Yeah, it is. It is the right word. I remember having a conversation with you about this and we hadn't known each other for very long we were talking in an evening and I was upset and I, I remember saying to you, we're just at that point when it feels like you're roommates because I know that people don't talk about it but everybody experiences it at some point and it doesn't mean that your marriage is going to end or that your partnership is going to end or any of those things. It means that you're normal human beings and that you're just going through different phases of life and I think being aware of it and being able to talk about it is how you make things different and you make change. And I think that sometimes when we do talk about our partnerships, we talk about them in terms of saying, oh, he doesn't help, he's not involved, or this doesn't happen. It's like complaints and whinging about stuff that's going on. And I think a lot of the time that's just a kind of a cover for the deeper stuff. You know, it, it might not be. Great. I hope that's the case. But maybe sometimes it is. And sometimes you feel more intensely about problems that you're having in your relationship. And We just, it is not something we talk about. People don't go out and say, oh, you know, we're going through a really difficult patch at the moment. Like we don't do that. But Mm. I think that particularly in this instance where it's part of it's coming from, you know, the mental load and doing the juggle and all that stuff, I think it's really important for people to be able to share, you know, it's playing havoc with my relationship and we're in a difficult patch at the moment and it's not working very well or I don't know, I think... The relationship's a good one where people say that's personal and especially because it doesn't just affect me, it affects somebody else as well. So I I can see how that's one that people keep private. But having said that, you just the example you just gave, we're having a hard time, this is going on, this is going on. There's no personal information that, you know, you're not saying something about your partner that they wouldn't want you to say. You're just having a real conversation. Yeah, and pick your person. You know, you might not want to go out and shout about it in a Facebook group, but you might just have your close group of friends or your best friend or your mum or whoever it is that you can tell and have that conversation with. So let's talk about working. And this is one that people have different views on. People have different views on everything. That's that's the point of all of this, right? That's the point, yeah. So feeling guilty for finding, preferring work 
over being at home with your children or finding it easier to be at work than being at home with your children. Yeah. And I think that more people are getting quite comfortable to say that. It is, I think, as more women are saying that they want to be back at work and that they value their career and that they want to keep working and striving, they're getting more happy to sort of say, you know what, I find it easier. Mm. And then it was beautiful in the Facebook group that we had a couple of people sort of say that. And then we had one, you know, respond with, well, I must be an oddball because I find being at home easier than working full time. You know, I just had two weeks of leave and I stayed home the whole time and I loved it. And exactly case in point that we don't talk about these things, but there's always going to be someone who feels the same way on someone who doesn't. Yeah. And you're never really, you're never alone in thinking or feeling however you're feeling. Yeah. And then the last thing that I think we really want to mention is, you know, kind of flowing in from some of the other things that we've discussed, but it's really about emotional health. And, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of expectations around being a mum. And, you know, we've talked about the mental load a few times, and it all comes down to this idea of how you as a person can manage the emotional and mental requirements that you have of being a mum and how you can put up with everyone else out there who's got a different idea. I think it comes down to this thought that if we say something, it's set in stone and that's the only way and we have to feel that way or think that way forever and it affects everything else we ever do. So when I say sometimes, which I do, that it would be really nice just to have some time apart from Harry because he's permanently attached to me 24-7. My husband will say, yeah, but you're the one that wants more children. Yeah. I do want more children. And just because I feel this way now doesn't mean that that has to dictate everything else I ever feel into the future. And I think it's us knowing that it's okay to feel something one way. It doesn't define us for the rest of our lives. That's so true. I love that. There's this great quote in the Facebook group. I'm going to read it to you. I knew parenthood would require a logistics juggle, but I wasn't so prepared for the emotional juggle. Mm. The constant tension of deciding how to spend my time feels like choosing between a slightly better future for our family, read, spending time, working, studying, achieving goals, or spending time simply being in the moment now. I'm learning that too much of either doesn't work for our family. It's a little bit of everything that keeps our house in harmony. Mm. So basically chaos equals harmony. Who knew? (laughs) I love that, you know, that idea that, as you said, we're making decisions from one day to the next and making them based on what's right for your family, not on the expectations of somebody else or society or whatever it might be. Mm. And then when we bring that back to the things we're not supposed to talk about or the things people don't share or we don't talk about, what I wanted to do with this and what I hope we've done by showing those, juxtaposing those different quotes is that We don't talk about it because we think that we're alone or odd or we're the odd one out or that people Mm. will judge us. But as soon as we do or as soon as we find the right people to talk to, we realise that, well, two things. One, that there are so many other people who can relate to us and we're actually not odd or alone, but also that there are so many other people who have different experiences. To me, I like that because it means that whatever I feel, as strange as I might think it is, I'm never the only one that's felt that way. There's always someone who agrees and someone who disagrees. Yes. And we're all on this journey for our lifetime. (laughs) (laughs) So really everyone needs to start talking now because you don't want to get to the time when you're in your 80s and you're having a conversation with someone and that they're sharing something with you and you're going, you mean you felt like that too? That's normal? And here I was doubting who I was and you know, how I felt for all these years and feeling bad or wrong. Exactly. That's it. 
So these are just some of our thoughts around the conversations that people don't talk about. And we might be thinking to yourself, well, you know, they haven't really hit home with the things that people really don't talk about. But if there's others, let us know. Yeah, let's talk about them. I'm up for the challenge. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What else isn't being talked about? Yeah, I'm quite an open book. So if I can relate, you will get my experience, (laughs) no doubt. (laughs) Watch out, Jack. (laughs) Bless him. Anyway, come join us in the Juggle community. That's where we have these conversations and we can keep talking and it's a safe place to talk about the things that people don't talk about. And I guarantee you'll find that you're not alone. That was one of the things that we got commented, wasn't it? You know, Mm -hmm. the comment was, that's why this community is so great because I thought it was only me who felt this way. And it turns out I'm normal. And that's exactly what we want everyone to feel. We want them to have an opportunity to listen and share experiences so you can know that you are normal no matter what normal happens to be. (laughs) Exactly right. So we will see you there. All right. Happy juggling.